Welcome to Bedtime Story Adventure 2020, Children's Urban Fantasy, one chapter a day up until Christmas. Chapter 4, Chance Meeting. Monday's dance practice was in the drama studio in school. There weren't any performances on the horizon, which, according to the dance teacher, gave them the perfect opportunity to work on their choreography skills. Jenny had been dancing for long enough to know how to string some moves together, but did not have any particularly original ideas to build a whole dance around. She was beginning to get a bit frustrated with the lack of focus in the practices until Nancy had the idea of mashing up a bunch of moves from old music videos from the 90s. By 5pm, Jenny was exhausted from a mix of Madonna and Michael Jackson. Nancy caught up with her as the other dancers left. "'Have you heard anything from the county football club?' she asked. "'Nothing yet. You?' "'Nothing, and I figured you had the best chance of all of us.' "'I think they might take all three, Jenny said, picking up her school bag. "'We've all played well in the practices.' She folded her coat over her arm while she cooled down, and they followed the others down the corridor. On the way past the head teacher's office, they heard his voice from inside, almost shouting. "'I'm not very happy about this,' he said. The door opened suddenly, and a well-dressed man in a dark suit stepped out, almost bumping into Nancy. Jenny looked into the office and saw the head teacher standing behind his desk with a dark look on his face. "'Excuse me?' the suited man said to Nancy while quickly closing the door. He smiled and nodded at Jenny. His head seemed to get stuck at the bottom of the nodding action when he was looking right at her hand, the hand with the wristband on it. Then he completed the nod and strolled away. That was weird, Nancy said. Yeah, Jenny agreed. She couldn't help thinking that it was the badger stone that gave the man reason to pause. I wonder what made Mr. Black so annoyed. He's usually so calm. He didn't even shout at Nathan when he stood up in the middle of assembly and did that weird dance. There was no one at reception when they reached it, just a couple of kids waiting outside for their rides home. Keep an eye out, Jenny said, and without waiting for Nancy to reply, she leaned over the desk and looked at the visitor's book. The last entry in the name column was simply S. Whelan, and the organisation said, Inspector. Who was he? Nancy said an inspector, and I get the feeling that we'll be seeing him again. It was already dark by the time that Jenny made it to the top of her road. A cat was slinking along a high wall that led to an alley. Hey, Jenny called out, wait, why are you chasing those dogs? The cat paused mid-step, as if deciding whether or not it could pretend it hadn't heard. Then it turned and sauntered back toward her. Our orders were to ensure the animals were dissuaded from straying too far from the park. It spoke in a soft, matter-of-fact voice. Your orders, Jenny asked. Who gave the orders? The Empress of the Seven Dials herself. She put a bounty on the animals and set up a spotter. But I'm not sure what's happened to the spotter. Spotter? A falcon. Its job was to point out any animals leaving the park. But earlier I chanced upon a straggler and chased it off, and the falcon was nowhere to be seen. "'Were you told to look out for me?' Jenny asked. "'Do you know who I am?' She hadn't meant it to sound haughty, but it did, and before she could correct herself the cat answered. 
Yes and yes, it said. The Empress said to look out for you and a boy. She didn't say why, and I didn't ask. I want to talk to the Empress, Jenny said, realising that this might be her best opportunity to find out more about the circus dogs. Can you arrange a meeting? Where? the cat asked. On the bridge over Old Shoreham Road, the old railway line that's now a footpath, near Preston Circus. Be there in ten minutes. I can't guarantee the Empress will meet you, but I'll pass on your request. It's on my way home anyway, and without the spotter there's not much to do. With that the cat took off down the street. With not enough time to go home, Jenny started jogging down the road, wondering why the Empress was looking out for her and James, all the while remembering the cat's capacity for the double cross. Rather than cut directly through Preston Park, she went the long way round and ended up having to run the last few hundred metres to the start of the path. A set of wood-chipped stairs led up from Old Shoreham Road to the little-used path that ran toward Brighton Station. The path crossed back over the road via a disused single-track railway bridge, which was where Jenny waited, breathing heavily and wondering if she was early or late. The bridge was weakly lit by a string of small white lights on a railing. It was dark, but it was not quiet. The road below was jammed with a line of cars that backed up the hill, all the way under the main viaduct that took trains to London and Lewis. The stink and sound of the traffic washed over the little bridge from the road below. "'You wanted to speak to me?' The soft voice took Jenny's attention back to the path, where a perfectly white cat with a twinkling diamond collar sauntered casually into view. The Empress of the Seven Dials. Yes, Jenny said, gathering her thoughts. Why are you chasing the circus dogs? A cat may do as she pleases. The Empress sat down and inspected the back of a gleaming white paw. I don't need a reason. But you told the other cats to look out for me and James. You must have had a reason for that. Ah, yes, that. Well, sometimes even an empress is compelled to lend a helping paw, especially to one's own family. Family? You mean Claudia's back? Yes. My esteemed cousin has returned, and in rather worse shape than she left. Does that mean Elf is here too? The cat looked nonplussed. That's not my business. Claudia asked me to keep those circus animals in check, and she somehow persuaded that raptor of high velocity to join us. To be honest, I was already concerned with having a new species roaming around town. Wait, the raptor, that's the peregrine falcon, Jenny said. And a new species, is that what those dogs are? Dogs, the empress chuckled and shook her head. Claudia said that you and the boy were different. Can you not see through their infantile disguises? They're not dogs, human. They're... The cat's eyes widened, and it twisted away from Jenny as a dark object whistled over her head. As fast as she was, the Empress only managed half a step before being smothered in a black net. Jenny rushed forward to untangle the cat, but her left ankle snagged on something and she tripped, sprawling out on the gravel path. The Empress was only a few feet away, claws flashing frantically at the net. "'You brought her here,' the cat hissed. "'I won't forget this betrayal!' "'I didn't do anything,' Jenny started to say. Then she felt a hard tug on the tangled foot, dragging her across the ground and away from the cat. "'Now, now!' 
Don't be modest. Jenny rolled over and looked up at the dark form of the tattooed woman. There was a black rope running down from her hand to Jenny's ankle. You led us straight here, just like the boy. You've both been very helpful indeed. The woman flicked her wrist, and Jenny felt the rope's grip on her ankle loosen. It was a whip. The tattooed woman started to coil it up. Bag her, she said. Four dogs ran stiff-legged past the black-clad woman. One of them was dragging a black blanket in its front paw and threw it over the writhing, hissing cat, while two others caught the corners and deftly scooped them underneath. The last dog used both front paws to tie the corners together. The bagging looked like a well-practiced routine and was over in a second. The tattooed woman strode past Jenny, boots crunching on the gravel, and hoisted the bagged cat over her shoulder. The Empress was no longer moving. "'Your protection has now been disabled,' the tattooed woman said. "'I would be very careful from now on if I were you.' "'You can't do this,' Jenny said, standing up and brushing the dust off her hoodie. Her left ankle was sore where the whip had snagged it. "'I'll report you to the police.' "'And what will you tell them?' that you've been talking to animals and meddling in things you should have left alone. You think they'll believe a silly girl that's quite obviously making things up. I'll report the circus. You're not allowed performing dogs. It's animal cruelty. Domesticated dogs in circuses is not against the law, and we've already passed all of the local inspections. We can stay in this town as long as we like, and you— her right hand grasped the handle of the whip, can do nothing about it. Now give me the badger stone. No, Jenny said, it's mine. It's animal magic, not some child's toy. Give it to me. Jenny took a step backward. The stairs were only a few meters away. Then she'd be on the street and could call for help. Without warning, the woman's hand flicked forward, and before Jenny knew it, the end of the whip was coiled round her left wrist. "'Let go of me!' she shouted. "'Give me the stone!' The tattooed woman yanked the whip, but Jenny was ready, and pulled back hard, almost taking the handle out of the woman's hand. The dogs, which were watching the exchange from the ground at the side of the path, looked at each other, and then up at Jenny. "'Unusual strength!' For such a young girl. The woman dropped the sack and took the whip with both hands, ready to haul. Jenny matched the woman's stance, now pleased that her left ankle was sore. The dogs shuffled into position to get a better view. Excuse me, a voice came from behind the woman. A man in a suit stepped into the dim light of the bridge, disturbing a group of pigeons which took to the air. Is this the right way to Brighton Station? With a flick of the wrist, the whip was coiled back on the woman's belt. Jenny didn't need another chance. She turned and ran.